Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Marilyn Townsend, and I would like to introduce Andrew Heisel, running for the State Assembly District 46. Welcome, Andrew. As we begin, please tell your view, our viewers what educational, occupational, and civic experiences you have that qualify you for this office, including your experience working with diverse communities. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marilyn. It's a real it's a real pleasure to have this opportunity to present to you today in the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin. So my background is I'm a Sun Prairie resident. I'm running for the Democratic nomination for the 46th Assembly District. I, I have over 20 years of public policy experience at the local, state, and federal level. I worked for the Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, working to pass clean indoor air laws, the first in the country, as well as other policies designed to protect children from the industry influence attempting to addict them to this dangerous uh, product. I also worked for Save the Children. For seven years, I worked in, at the state and federal level, primarily focusing on expanding affordable, accessible childcare to low-income communities, improving and reauthorizing the Elementary and Secondary Education Act so that it better targeted children uh, ELL communities, as well as children with disabilities. And finally, I worked on the Campaign for Healthy Kids at Save the Children with the Let's Move initiative, uh, Michelle Obama's Let's Move initiative, which was focused on policy changes to, to help fight and to fight to end the scourge of childhood obesity and reduce the disparities that currently exist uh, between different communities, communities of color and low-income communities. In Wisconsin, I've worked on cannabis legalization at the county level, specifically decriminalization because of the disparate impact that prohibition has had on African-Americans and communities of color. And I've also worked on public health policy in Wisconsin, focusing on reducing the cost of prescription drugs so that people can access these medications and, and, not, and not literally go bankrupt in the process. What specific changes would you support to ensure voters are able to cast their ballots and have confidence in the outcome of our elections? What experience have you had with election administration that inform your response? First, thank you. That's a great question and extremely relevant. Something about the League of Women Voters today that is so important is the fact that you support the effective maintaining and strengthening the institutions of government. And fundamental to all government is the right to vote. I would support, so my background includes, I'm an attorney. I've worked um, as a volunteer doing voter protection on election day at polls. It is a fundamental right, and unfortunately, those who maybe don't appreciate the will of the voters, there are attempts to restrict their ability to vote. In Wisconsin, there's attempts, there's a, there's a court case that should be decided any day now that would deal with the issue of persons with disabilities and their ability to effectively vote. I support ensuring that the Wisconsin law is read in such a way to ensure that nobody's disenfranchised. 
I strongly support expanding ballot locations. It is a travesty of justice and completely undermines our system of government when polling places are shut down in communities of color in low-income communities. That is absolutely wrong and cannot be tolerated in our society. Furthermore, absentee voting should be supported and should be in, and should be provided for anybody who requests it. And I I vehemently support our county clerks in to do their job, the, the fact that in 2020, there was an effort to like punish these people, civil servants, hardworking volunteers and paid staff who are doing these jobs, been doing these jobs for decades. I would strongly oppose any efforts. I would strongly support them and oppose any efforts to undermine them. Do you think Wisconsinites have adequate access to affordable healthcare services including reproductive health and abortion care, what should be the legislature's role? So we know that as of last Friday, Roe v. Wade has been overruled. 50 years of established precedent has been overruled by an activist Supreme Court. It is now incumbent upon Wisconsin policymakers to fight to restore these rights that are currently prohibited by an 1849 law that's on the books. It should have been done before this. I don't know why it wasn't. It should have been repealed. We need to, in the legislature, repeal that law, and we need to work to elect a Supreme Court judge in April who will be fair-minded as another route to end that law. Right now in Wisconsin, we are going to see something we have never seen before, which is a rollback, the biggest rollback of civil rights in our nation's history. So that's how I feel about abortion and, and women's reproductive uh, rights and health choices. In terms of expanding access to healthcare, we need to accept the Medicaid funding. We are rejecting Medicaid dollars that Wisconsinites are paying to Washington, D.C. because people in the legislature, specifically the Trump Republican leadership, will, won't take it for partisan reasons. We can't afford that anymore as a state. People need access to healthcare. We need to stop rejecting funds that we are sending to Washington, D.C. That's one. Another thing is we need to negotiate lower prices on prescription drugs. Everybody else around us is doing it very effectively, I may say so. There's no reason we cannot do the same thing. It's not fair for people to be unable to afford prescriptions. What do you think is required to improve outcomes for students in public schools including those with disabilities. As a legislator, what would you do to advance these measures? Well, I, I think that what I would do is I would really like bring us to the point where shared revenue was like increased. I feel that over time, no, I don't even feel, there's been, a, there's been repeated studies and analysis over the past two decades that increasingly cities, towns and communities are being are bearing more and more of the costs that used to be supported by shared revenue from the state. As a result, that means that school districts are facing uh, shortfalls. For example, in Sun Prairie, the legislature zero funded them, no, no increase despite increasing costs, expecting the district, all districts across the state to fill gaps with ESSER funds, which is a one-time fix. That is not the way our legislature should be governing. 
with one-time stopgap fixes because ultimately that hurts the ability of districts to support students with disabilities, to support English language learners, and to support students with reading, reading issues. I personally have professionally worked with, with children on early reading and we need resources dedicated to support those students. So at the end of the day, as a legislator, I think we can support all students to ac access equitably education through proper, through proper funding. What specific strategies do you support for ensuring clean water for all Wisconsinites? Well, first, I support greatly Biden's um, infrastructure bill because it's sending back um, hundreds of millions of dollars to Wisconsin for water projects water infrastructure product projects. In this country, we need to invest in our infrastructure. It helps our people providing things like clean water, and it also provides you know, high quality, well-paying jobs. I also support conservation. There, um, Groundswell is a organization. There's these land trusts around the state. It's an awesome public-private partnership where they raise funds to help add on to property that's been designated by the DNR as, as preserved. They expand that property. They work with local farmers who want to ensure that their land can be part of a conserved future environment for all of us to enjoy clean air, clean water, and, and the wildlife that lives in those areas. I really support those kinds of initiatives and would so as a state representative. What legislation would you support to see that guns no longer get into the hands of those who would do harm with them? Great question. Looking at gun violence as a public health issue, take for example, car safety. From 1948 until now, we have reduced deaths from car crashes by 80%. We've made cars safer, We've kept them out of the hands of people who would use them irresponsibly, and we've ensured only adults with licensure and training utilize them. The same should apply to, to firearms. I support, I support hunting. I support the responsible use um, and possession of firearms. However, there's no reason that we cannot make them safer. We cannot have things like background checks in place. We can have licensure requirements, and we can also ensure things like red flag laws are in place to protect people from the misuse of these essentially dangerous items, which they are by definition. I think that it's really a common sense thing. It's not about restricting people's rights. It's about protecting the public safety while ensuring people have a right to own and possess firearms. What opportunities do you see to work across the aisle on issues important to your constituents? That is a really good question. I have historically worked across the aisle on a number of issues, childhood obesity prevention, tobacco control, legalization uh, and decriminalization of cannabis, and also on elementary and secondary education act, the reauthorization of that had bipartisan support. The problem I'm having today is that in our, in our state, we cannot work, we cannot compromise, we cannot compromise on the institutions that protect our government, that protect our courts, that protect the administration of elections, that ensure the right to vote. And I won't compromise on those things. January uh, 2021, January 6th, 
completely changed the dynamic of what I think we're, we're looking at going forward. And I would work to ensure, regardless of whether one single Republican comes along with it, to protect our institutions in this state. And that's, I feel really strongly about that. I feel there's a lot of ways we can work together, but until we can address the fact that like our elections are under attack and our institutions are being undermined I, I just I don't I don't see a lot of common ground in that area. Well, thank you, Andrew Heisel. What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview, including any priorities that have not yet been identified? Sure, great. I would just say thank you very much to the League of Women Voters of Wisconsin for this opportunity to present today. It's honor to be part of this interview because of the outsized role that the league plays in ensuring a free and fair civil society for us here in Wisconsin. I work directly with the league on the issue of campaign finance reform in the 105th Congress. As a staff member working on the legislation, the league was a resource and advocate for that policy change. It provided nonpartisan guidance and was incredibly valuable. And I believe without your guys' support and the support of your organization, the McCain-Feingold bill would not have made it into law. Today in Wisconsin, we face an existential crisis to our democracy and way of life. Wrongdoers attempted to thwart the results of a legitimate election, shredding norms and attacking institutions that we as a country rely upon to ensure our representative democracy remains intact. This didn't happen in a faraway place. Right here in Wisconsin, an effort to place fake electors in Washington, D.C., with coordination of pro-Trump forces occurred. And right now we have a baseless, a baseless investigation using Wisconsin taxpayer dollars of the 2020 elections. So while years gone by, candidates might spar and disagree on policy issues such as taxes or spending, today they're active forces attempting to undermine our government, our system of government. My priority if elected is to fight those forces, to protect the right to vote for all citizens, to end the inherently partisan gerrymander that frustrates the goal of representative government, to ensure our institutions of government remain intact, whether that be protecting the right to vote, supporting an independent judiciary, ensuring public education is accessible to all, and importantly, keeping partisans out of the role of administering elections. Thank you so much. I want to thank Andrew Heisel for speaking with us and thank you, the viewing audience, for taking the time to know your candidates. I want to remind everyone that election day for those candidates involved in a primary is Tuesday, August 9th, and the fall election is on Tuesday, November 8, 2022. On behalf of the Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us today.